With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to the We Are Podcast and the BK Sports Podcasting Network. This is your host, Jared Prugar, and I thank you as always for tuning in with me this Sunday morning, afternoon, whenever you're listening. James Franklin spoke on the Caravan Tour this week, and of course it's not the Caravan Tour, it was virtual, uh, but James Franklin did have a couple fun things to say when he met with the media and throughout the, uh, the extent of the tour. One of the things that he touched on is something that people were really curious about going into the 2021 season. What is the offense going to look like? They have a new offensive coordinator in Mike Yersich, who takes over for Kirk Shiraka, who was um, released, relieved of his duties at following the season. Now, Yersich spent his time at Texas last season. Before then, he was at Ohio State. And then he coached Mason Rudolph and, and James Washington at Oklahoma State before or and prior to that he was in the PSAC. So that in itself is impressive. He's gone from the PSAC to the Big Ten and everywhere in between. That career growth is incredible. But what are we ex- what can we expect to see on the field um at Beaver Stadium? Um well it's going to it's gonna be an up tempo. It's gonna it's going to emulate a lot of what Joe Moorhead did and what his tendencies were. Um back when Penn State won the two thousand sixteen Big Ten championship um, and that, that high-powered offense with Trace McSorley uh, and Saquon Barkley, Mike Gesicki, uh, and those guys. So they're going to be spread. They're going to be explosive, which is exactly what they've tried to do in James Franklin's entire tenure at, at Penn State. So that's normal. That's going to ha- That's going to keep happening, and that's excellent. Now, they're going to try to get a little bit more in conflict than than what they have in the past. So there's going to be different ways to they're, they're going to line up. And... Believe it or not, you know, check yourself after I say these words. They're going to go under center. Now, of course, the fullback doesn't exist anymore because it's an H-back position who has fullback tendencies and as well as tight end tendencies, so it's kind of a hybrid. But they are going under center, which is crazy. Now, of course, in pure Penn State fashion, Sean Clifford fumbled the first snap under center during the uh, the team, during some of the scrimmages uh, that they ran in front of the media. Um earlier this spring. So that's going to be great. Um, and that, I think that's exactly what Penn State needs. The offense last year was just so vanilla. 
uh, the entire time. They really didn't try to put defenses in conflict. They didn't try to, to, to mix things up with a lot of motions or a lot of uh, different alignments. And you have to keep defenses on your toes at the college level, at any level, really. I mean, once you kind of get predictable, then then it's a game over for that. Um, but, I mean, it's... With with your Sitch's background, it's going to be an up tempo. Um, it's going to be up tempo. It's going to put those spread those guys out, and it's going to make Sean Clifford throw the ball. But it's also going to open things up for the running game too. Um, you know, you're, if you're up tempo, you've got to run the ball. You've got to have success doing that. It's, there are going to be a lot of RPOs, and when you have that versatility in that offense, that's going to mean big things down the road for the Nittany Lions. So that's just a little bit about the offense. Now. Franklin did tell a story about how he tried to hire Yersich a couple years ago, but they finally were able to get him. Um, but now this fast tempo, this up-tempo offense is exactly what the doctor has ordered. Now these defenses are going to be on their heels. They're not going to be able to sub. They're not going to be able to, to really get into a rhythm. And when that happens, that's when Penn State football has been in its peak. In that 2016 season, if you remember back, those offenses were putting up big-time numbers. And that led to Joe Moorhead. Getting a job, getting their head coaching job at Mississippi State before ultimately uh, being relieved of his duties there and is now at Oregon as the offensive coordinator. So that's going to be huge moving forward. Um, so that that ability to go fast. Now Penn State has done tempo in the past, and and they and even last year they did tempo a little bit, but not this type of NASCAR fast-paced tempo that that we saw under O'Brien and er, and early under Franklin under uh, with Moorhead. So that's going to be huge for the Nittany Lions to do. Now, he obviously didn't just talk about the offense when he met with the media. Now, he talked about the positive benefits of, of COVID, right, of, of what you're learning. Um, you have to install technology that, that's been desperately needed. Now, it, it was always the joke that Joe Paterno um, always used Skype when, when he was in his later years of, of coaching. Um, obviously, maybe he, maybe the way it was, um, it, it, he, was he predicted the future. But now, Zoom is a is a is a positive way to connect with with the program, both with the players and the parents. And I think that's what James Franklin mentioned a lot during the fall: is the meetings that he had with the parents are so huge. You keep them in the loop, and it with players from all over the country and all over the place, it's very hard to get everybody in one spot for at the same time. Uh, just the logistics of the uh, of the of the matter, both with the parents and the coaches and players as well. But it's now you can have those meetings virtually. Now you can say, "Hey, listen, I'm gonna, we're going to have this parent meeting, both whether, whether it's a whole team or with uh, grade levels or or position groups or however." Um, but also, you're adding this layer in that you have that 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 model of communication now. You you're on vacation. James Franklin's on the in a, at his vacation home in Florida or, or somewhere. Now you can check in with guys. He can Skype or FaceTime or or Zoom or Google Meet with anybody. He can talk to to uh, talk to his players, his coaches. So you're getting that face to face contact, um, and that's huge. Whenever you get that face to face contact, you build that connection. You continue to build that program. So that's important to note as well. Now, along with the COVID nineteen, um, Penn State played all their games. They did not have a pause. A lot of programs around the country, and especially in the Big Ten, had a pause or missed games. So I mean, major kudos goes to James Franklin and company for that in and of itself, because that's big. You're, that means your players are, are following directions. You're doing the right things. That, you're doing things the right way. And that's really what you're trying to, to, to teach and instill at that age group. Um, in every age group, you're trying to make sure your kids are, and your players and your other coaches are doing the right things. You're not putting yourselves in situations 
um, to jeopardize that. And Penn State managed to do that rather well. Now, granted, the results didn't help in, in Penn State. And, that, and that's the other thing, too, with, with it. Every state was different. So when you're going to play, say, let's say, play at Rutgers, it's a lot different than what you went protocol-wise when you played at Michigan, out of Michigan or Michigan State. Um, so that's huge, too. So you had to you had to navigate that because even those two states are much different than, than Pennsylvania. So the, the rules and, and protocols everywhere were just completely different. So you had to kind of adjust to that, too, based on where you were going and where you were heading. So there's a lot to learn from, from those instances. Um, but, you know, now you're looking... Now that's that's kind of in the past, right? It's not necessarily in the past. We're still living in it, but those protocols and a lot of those things are are, are we're, we're we're getting closer and closer to getting rid of those. And one of those things we'll talk about in the in the second segment um, is the fact that Beaver Stadium will be at capacity. Now, before we get to that, Penn State starts on the road at Wisconsin. Um, it's the first time that Penn State's played at Wisconsin under James Franklin. Their Camp Randall. It's a noon kick. On the East Coast, 11 a.m. in the Central Time Zone in Madison, that's going to be a daunting task. Your first game, conference game, on the road in in what should be a hostile environment. Listen, we went a year without fans in the stands. These fans are going to be hungry for college football. They're going to be hungry to watch the Wisconsin Badgers play. And there's going to be a good contingent of Penn State faithful as well. Penn State travels well. But it's huge. You know, you're... Um, it's going to be crazy for them to start the season. Now, granted, last year they started the season at Indiana. So they're starting the season back-to-back on the road. We saw what happened with Penn State when they lost at Indiana. It kind of was demoralizing. Now, Wisconsin's a little bit different, and I think a little bit different position than Indiana. Up until last season, Indiana really wasn't taken seriously as far as competition went in the Big Ten, but they showed their worth. Michael Penix was a great quarterback. Um... What Allen is doing there has been huge. What Tom Allen has been doing, so they showed themselves and they showed their worth at um, the entire season last year. But you're going to Camp Randall. You're going against Paul Christ, a Wisconsin team that you're familiar with. And like I've said in a couple of the stories that I've written for DK Pittsburgh Sports, this team reminds me a lot of that 2016 team. They've got a good stable of running backs, much like. Saquon Barkley. They also have a quarterback that's got experience now in Sean Clifford. Like, and I and I don't want to compare him and Trace McSorley, but because they're completely different as far as how they've gotten to this point. But you've got some good receivers. Like that team had Godwin, Hamilton. Um, these guys have got Parker Washington, Keandre Lambert Smith, Jahan Donson. So it, this team does is very similar to that 2016 team that played Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship game in Indianapolis. What's going to be the biggest thing for Penn State is getting started on the right foot in Madison. If they're able to do that, the ball should keep rolling. Now, it doesn't get any easier like we talked about last week. They play Ball State in Auburn. But a win against Madison is going to heal a lot of wounds from last year on a team that went 4-5. and five. So, now, we will talk in the second segment about Beaver Stadium being in full capacity and what was what that should entail for Penn State moving forward. But we'll catch you on the flip side. Hey, it's K. 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to segment two of the We Are Podcast on the DK Sports Podcasting Network. This is your host, Jared Pruger. Again, thank you for listening, and thank you for, for keeping me turned on here um, for the second segment. It was announced this week that Penn State and Beaver Stadium will be at 100% capacity. It is... I'm speechless, because you're looking at this game, and you're looking at these stadiums. They had a select few fans in with... Um, with some of the spring practices, and I think that's that was huge. That's a good first test. It's a good first step. So you knew that this was kind of, as things are opening up, this is going to be a thing. But it, this is huge. There is no greater environment, and I have not been able to travel the country as much as I would have liked to this uh, at this point to see different environments, but there's nothing quite like a whiteout game, which we're going to get in the third game of the season against Auburn. As a, with a primetime kick against an SEC team. That is a hostile environment. There is a reason why two years ago, Michigan called a timeout on the fir- before the first play was even run. It gets deafeningly loud on the sidelines and in the stands at Beaver Stadium, and it's built that way. It's a, it's a mixture of concrete and steel and aluminum, and the sound just reflects off everything. The white, the brightness, everything just lines up to making it a hostile environment, making it a tough environment to play. Now... 107,000 fans are, are a heck of a lot different than, say, 75 fans or, or the friends and family that were there last season. It's huge for these players because they're you. It's an entertainment thing. You you want to put on for your fans, for your family, uh, for the for the people that helped you get to that point. Now they get to do it, and they get to do it on the road at Wisconsin to start. But the biggest thing is Beaver Stadium getting back to that 107,000 fans. That's that is the news of the summer. That is the most important thing. Um, not only does it mean a lot to the program, but it means a lot to everybody in the community. And it means a lot to State College because now people are coming to – now there are going to be weekends. There are going to be weekends at Penn State. And when you drive up – so, it was so bizarre last season driving up to Penn State games. I live in Altoona about 35 minutes away. Um, if there are any state troopers or police officers listening, I promise you I go the speed limit. Wink, wink. But – it's just one of those situations where you drive. I could have. I start. I could have left at thirty minutes before the game, thirty-five minutes before the game, and I don't hit any traffic. I could just drive in right to my parking spot. I walk into the stadium, go through the protocols, and I get up to the press box, and that's that. Now, it's going to be a lot different. The tailgating is going to come back. That's where the money is made with parking. You're getting gate revenue again. 
Now, Penn State's not necessarily hurting. Obviously, they had to take a little bit of cash out to, to handle some of the losses because of the, the, the lack of revenue. But with fans back now, it's just going to be such a better environment. You're going to be able to drive through this, the cornfields or the cow pastures to, to tailgate and, and then go into the games and, and see Penn State play. Now, last year, a lot of times, probably didn't need to be in the stadium to see them play just based on some of the ways that they played on that 0-5 start. But now you get to see an, at what should be an exciting team um, get to play in front of fans and get to see them play in person. And I think that's just – it goes back to getting getting back to normal, getting back to that sense of normalcy, which I think everybody wants to get to. Um, so that's going to be an important thing for Penn State too. Now you're going to have to readjust to playing in front of fans. Um because it, it's just, like I said, it, it was just so bizarre. You 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 drive up to the stadium and there's nobody there. There's nobody home. A big play is made um, by Jahan Dotson, and there's nobody there. You p- can pump in all the crowd music that you want, but it's just not the same. The band isn't there. The the pomp and circumstance. It is a Penn State game day. It just it just wasn't there. And, and listen, it is what it is. It it happened for a reason. And obviously, safety and health are the most important things. Uh, and and everybody involved. But now that getting back to normal, that getting back to Penn State football and the Penn State football experience is going to be huge for everybody involved. It's going to be it's going to be a trickle down effect at the university because now that there are going to be fans there, now that money that you're making is going to help subsidize the rest of the athletic programs. It's going to help subsidize the softball team, the baseball team, the track teams, the and it's going to help the rest of the athletic department. That's that's exactly what they need. I mean, you're making millions of dollars per game. And that's your that's the best part of it for the rest of the athletic program and the university. And back to the community. Now you have people coming in. You're going to have people coming in Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Now downtown State College is going to be a bumping a, a thriving place. These small mom and pop shops that make downtown State College and make the community so great is 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 going to is going to be back. And that's huge. After after a year of, of no revenue, after a year of no fans, and really State College being a ghost town on, on football weekends, which has not ever been the case. Um, now getting back to that normalcy is going to be huge. It's going to be huge for the for the entire program, the community, the university, and everybody involved. So that's step number one is uh, in getting back to normal. Now it'll be interesting to see how things are set up for camp um, coming up in, in August. Now, with everything opening up Beaver Stadium-wise, June 1st was the start of the open recruiting season. Now, the dead period is lifted. So, Penn State has been crazy busy on the recruiting trail, hosting hosting a multitude of different athletes. That's important, too, to get those kids on campus and those parents into that community and, and see Penn State for what it really is. Now, whether the, they can keep that, that tradition rolling in remains to be seen. But... Until next time, this has been Jared Pruger. I thank you as always for listening to the We Are podcast on the DK Sports or DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. I hope you have a great and safe week, and I'll talk to you next week.